0: Today's episode is brought to you by Kindred.com. Kindred partners with local churches everywhere to make smart giving a possibility with a simple tap, click, or text. It is a beautifully simple concept.
1: I love the ability to give with my phone because it allows me to be generous even when I don't have cash on me. Uh, Because let's be honest, I never have cash on me. With Kindred.com, it takes that element completely out of the equation and it unleashes generosity in your people by making it as convenient as possible to give. Here's how it works. If you want to give by text, you simply send a text
0: to your church's giving number, and the first time they'll reply with a secure link to register. After that first time, all you have to do is text the amount you want to give, and you'll receive a confirmation. Kindred also allows you to embed a smart giving button on any page of your website,
1: and you can set up scheduled gifts to occur on a weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly basis. So it really is user-friendly for the people in your church. And it also works on the back end as well. With their powerful tracking system and fast end-of-day transfers, Kindred works hard to make it just as easy on churches as it is for their givers. To find out more about how Kindred can help you and your church, visit Kindred.com and unleash generosity in your church. For our listeners only, enter code SHEEP during sign-up for your first month free. Today's episode of the Creative Sheep Podcast is brought to you by Renewed Vision, the creators of ProPresenter. For over 17 years, ProPresenter has been used by churches all over the world for lyric and scripture presentations, audio and video playback, environmental projection, and a lot more, Jared.
0: You know, Roman, I would say that ProPresenter is the creme de la creme.
1: It is the creme de la creme. If you're looking for something to uh, play video slides... Uh, audio files it's it's really versatile you can probably use it for things that i don't even know you can use you can use throw it
0: for. those lyrics up on the screen for those for those amazing worship sets that you're doing through Absolutely. ProPresenter
1: if you're playing a game in a kids classroom you can use these, you can like do, make a game board you can use props you it's can, incredible it's it's uh, really amazing um, ProPresenter is used by over 95% of outreach magazines 100 largest fastest growing and most influential churches it's available on both Mac and Windows so it's very versatile uh, very versatile so head over to renewedvision.com and check it out now, let's get to the show.
0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Leadership Podcast, the podcast where we talk to people who are good at what they do to inspire leaders to get better. Folks, my name is Jared Hogue, and joining me through the airwaves of technology, the one, the only, Roman the Rapper Johnson.
1: Hello, I believe on this show I've had several uh, middle names, uh, but I think that might be my favorite. It was extremely cleverly crafted by you just now, and it's great. Uh, if you're if you're joining us uh, from, from wherever, maybe you're in the United States of America, maybe you're in South America or Australia, wherever you're listening, we are glad to have you. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us on the on the Leadership Podcast. It is an absolute
0: honor for you to be here. And for those of you that have been sharing this on social media, emailing it to a friend, talking to your friends, you know, the age old just telling someone about it, uh, we're very grateful for you. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, we, we, you know, we couldn't do this without you, and uh, if you've left a review over on iTunes or Google or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to this, again, thank you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Uh, hopefully, this is bringing value to you.
1: Uh, and Roman, you were going to jump in right there. I was. I was going to say, uh, we love to bring value uh, on this podcast, and, and even even if it's from another person's podcast, I was going to ask you, has there been like a, a podcast, maybe like an episode you've listened to recently that has been like from somebody else's podcast that has, like, rocked your world that you would like to let everyone know about?
0: Man, you know, I, I would probably, most recently, I was actually on a flight back, I, I had a speaking engagement in Nebraska, and uh, was listening to a couple of Stephen Furtick messages on the Elevation Church podcast, that, I mean, he, I feel cliche even saying it, like, it's <laughs> it's like, there's, a, it's, there's no Stephen Furtick message that's not good. Um, that yeah. was really good. But, like, just a straight podcast. Uh, I actually, so it's uh, Todd Wilson. He has one called Find Your Calling, and okay. it is incredible. Um, he has done some amazing interviews talking with people about. Finding your calling, hence the name. I'll have to check and, that out. Uh, yeah, he interviewed Carrie Newhoff on one. He interviewed Rick Warren, and both of those conversations were just incredible. Really confirmed some things in me, as well as shed some light on some new things. Really,
1: really good. Awesome. How about you? Uh, I actually re-listened to this. A podcast you sent me. Uh, it's called The Moment, uh, mm. and it's an interview with uh, with Seth Godin, and it is it is phenomenal. Talking about how how people get uh, uh writer's block or fear in in producing anything uh and and the reasons behind that and and how that is kind of a myth and it is it is fascinating if you do any sort of well if you it, really any work but definitely if yeah. you're a writer or any any sort of uh creative field um where judgment is taking place on your work i would highly recommend listening to it it's uh, again the moment i don't remember who who does the podcast but it's a Seth Godin interview
0: yeah i think it's Brian Koppelman and that's uh, it we will definitely link to the link to that in the show notes. It is a phenomenal interview. Uh, Seth Godin just has some amazing things to say. Couldn't agree he's, more. That's a he's kind of like he's kind of like
1: Yoda. Seth Godin, <laughs> he is. Uh, Jared, I don't. I know you don't know who Yoda is because you don't. You've never seen Star Wars. I but
0: know who Yoda is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jared, Jared However, has never seen any of the Star Wars movies. I saw them. I did people. see Rogue One. I did see Rogue You One, did, but I fell asleep in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> you're the worst. Also, never seen any of the Rocky movies. True, or like I probably not Indiana Jones or anything. Like oh no, no, absolutely
0: not. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, Lord, of Lord of the Rings, Chronicles of Narnia, you name oh. it. Um, I just recently Roman. I'm I'm ashamed to say this. Just recently watched Saving Private Ryan and Gladiator on Netflix unbelievable movies
1: yeah unbelievable
0: gladiator may have taken the place as my favorite movie of all time now uh welcome to the
1: party right of movies that everyone has
0: seen i am quite embarrassed i'm quite (laughs) embarrassed Uh, um But yeah, like Roman said, our whole objective here is to bring value, not just talk about movies, but to bring value. We want our whole objective is to give you practical, applicable steps that you can take as soon as you listen to this podcast to to propel you forward, to become a better leader. Um, and, and uh, to take steps ahead. And so uh, hopefully we're going to do that again today. We've got an amazing interview for you with a good friend of, of not just Creative Sheep, but uh, of, of myself and Roman personally. Roman, why don't you
1: introduce our guest for the day? I would love to. Uh, Sam, it's Sam Woods is his name, and he, uh, he's been a great friend and a mentor of mine for uh, years, probably going on going on a decade, I would say, uh, at least probably getting close. He is an amazing leader. I would I would describe him as a leader of leaders. He is an incredible communicator uh, from the stage and and to to his team that uh, that he leads. And I, I'm very excited about this interview with. Mr. Pastor Sam Woods.
0: <laughs> Mr. Pastor Sam Woods. Yeah, I am too. Roman, this is episode 51. Um, Sam is just a solid, solid dude. Like you said, he's an incredible communicator from the stage, but he also does a phenomenal job of lining out expectations, casting vision to the team. And I love this so much. I was listening to a Craig Rochelle leadership podcast Uh, Which is probably one that could fall into that uh, the the an answer to your question that you asked just a moment ago. He was talking about communicating, and you may think as a leader, uh, just because I'm a leader, I'm not standing on a stage, I'm not uh, a public communicator for a living. And Craig actually says that you should, whether you communicate for a living or not, you should be developing your communication skills because you are communicating, even if it's not in a public capacity. If you are a leader, you are communicating to those that work with you, and so to better develop those skills is vitally important, and so I'm so glad we have Sam Woods with us here today, because I believe that the principles he lays out not only apply to communicating from the stage, but also in casting vision to your team, uh, to volunteers, you name it. I believe these principles apply.
1: Jared, without any further ado, I think we should get to today's interview, interview, With Sam Woods, let's do it, man. Sam, thanks so much for coming on the show today,
2: Uh, man. Thanks for having me. I am super pumped, as they say. (laughs) I think
0: it's just you, actually, that says that. Great, you know, it's it really is an honor to have you here. I get to interview a lot of people, but uh, to get to interview a friend, I've known you now since two thousand one or two thousand two, something like that. We're super old. That's not really where I was going with that. Okay. Uh, But we've known each other for quite some time. And uh, man, just before we jump into this interview, folks, I I just want you to know what an honor this really is. I've learned so much from Sam. He's been a a great friend of mine, a mentor, uh, someone that's poured into me over the past decade and a half. And uh, I'm just extremely grateful for you, man. And I'm really excited for what you're going to share today.
2: I really appreciate that, Jared. And uh, reciprocated, my friend. Uh, We've We've gone to battle together over the years. It's been pretty cool um, just to see how our friendship and working relationship has evolved.
0: For sure. Okay, well, Sam, you've, uh, you've been in ministry for quite some time. Where'd you get your start?
2: Uh, so I hail from Florida, but I came up here Destin, to... Destin, right? Destin, Florida. The beautiful vacation oh, destination. It is a beaut. <laughs> uh, but man, when I graduated high school uh, from Rocky Bayou Christian Academy, go Knights... <laughs> uh, I came up to, to Oklahoma to a uh, Christian college known as Oral Roberts University, and um, it wasn't soon after I uh, started attending there that uh, I met a, a pretty young lady. Her name was Angie at the time. Well, I guess it still is Angie. She's now my wife. Uh, and she worked at a place called Church on the Move and volunteered uh, in the student ministry known as 180. Mm. And so uh, she invited me um, you know, one, one weekend to come check out or, or, sorry, one Wednesday to come check out one of the youth services, and uh, I did, and my mind was literally blown, and I, I didn't, I couldn't even put into words what what I saw that night. I just knew I wanted to be a part of it. So, um, Church on the Move became my church, and I quickly got plugged in um, at One Eighty, the student ministry at the time, uh, which of course is still the student ministry <laughs> now, uh, and. Um, and yeah, man, I, I, I just dove in. I did whatever whatever was necessary. Um, they had a bus ministry at the time, and uh, so I got involved in that. There was also a weekend, uh, junior high kind of program called uh, Genesis, which was really sweet. It's mm-hmm. a cool name, mm-hmm. and uh, I got plugged in there. And that's that's actually kind of where I got my uh, my start in communicating. Um, uh, you know, started with you know offerings or welcome segments, that kind of thing, or hosting a game, and then. Uh, from there, I, I was able to kind of get into speaking a, a full message, which was wild. I, I can't even imagine what that... It's probably terrible. <laughs> if there are recordings of it, I'm sure that it is terrible. Uh,
0: you also played a character called Sensei Sam back in the day. I, I don't I do want to talk about that. In Genesis. I do not want to talk about It was incredible. <laughs> That's where you and I really uh, became friends, was we yeah. were working... I was an intern, and you were uh, a high-level volunteer... Uh, at that time, and you've been communicating for a long time now. You said probably since about 2000. So yeah. you've got over a decade and a half of experience at the time of this recording, um, and so that, that's going to be our main topic of conversation today. And, I, and really, before we jump to that, though, uh, so what are you doing now? Like, what's your role now? You're still at Church on the Move.
2: I'm still at Church on the Move, and uh, I'm the youth pastor at 180. And it is, I still I wake up and pinch myself. It is a dream come true. Uh, the best job I've ever had, hands down, and um, I love this place. I love the people. I love our students that we get to minister to and serve. Um, I love, uh, man, I, I just love this place and everything about it. So, yeah, I've been I've been a part of 180 in some form or fashion since '99. Wow. Yep.
0: That's incredible. Well, let, let's dive into our topic of conversation today, Sam. For, for those of you out there listening, we're going to give you some super practical tips, things that you can apply right now to become a better communicator this weekend or this week, depending on when your services fall. So, Sam, let's just actually walk through how you prepare uh, when you're going to communicate uh, so let's just dive into that. What is the first step you take? I know this is kind of the the blank canvas. You're looking at a screen right now with a blinking cursor and it can be the most intimidating thing. But where do you start? Uh, in preparing a message, coming up with the content—I mean, how do you land on what series you're going to teach? Let's start there. How do you land or, or, or at that? I mean, I know you guys here at 180 have just gone back to a weekly model. You were doing the once a month thing, but now you're every week, right? Um, so, and and I'm assuming you teach in in series. And so, how do you how do you come up with that? How do you decide this is the series we're going to do? Is it a is there a beam of light that shines down from heaven on a book or I wish. something?
2: I <laughs> wish there was. You know. It's a really good question, and, and to be totally frank, I don't know that there's like a right or wrong way to approach this. Um, all I know is what works for, for me and for, yep. for our team. Um, we, we try to find the balance between uh, felt need and um, need need, like what they want to hear about or maybe what they would like to talk about, uh, and by they, of course, I mean our students, the audience, um, and then what we know, man, we, we got to talk about this. We have to address this issue. Um, so there, there's that side of it. Then there's also... Well, let's jump in on that real quick. So
0: when you say a felt
2: need, what do you mean by that? So this would, to me, this would be something that, that they're really, really, um, oh, at the phase of life they're in, really going through or dealing with, uh, like friendships as an example, Mm. that would be a felt need that they're always, you know, and and we always have friendship issues growing up, but when you're a teenager, especially, that's your world pretty much, um, Social media and connectedness, all that, all that kind of stuff. Sex. So ha- yes. So the, he-
0: the sexy topic, so to so to speak. That's right. Those are the so felt needs. Exactly. What they right. want to hear.
2: You're right. Okay. So the so balancing, you know, teaching on those subjects versus you know teaching on um, what they what they really need, um, and you know I'm trying to think of an example of what that could be. Um, more more doctrinal type things sure. like who God is. Yeah. I don't know that most teenagers are waking up thinking, "Man, I just wonder who God really is." You know what I mean? Like, so, but they need yeah. to know that. Yeah. Um, but but what they're really feeling, their felt needs are, "Man, my friends are, are jerks," or mm. "Or I just broke up with my girlfriend. How do I handle that?" Yeah. Um, and so trying to find the balance of that, and and, and also blending the two. Mm. Um, is is a, a interesting dynamic, but then there's also just the the, the ebbs and the flow of their calendar. Mm. So so for example, we've already started looking at 2017 uh, prep and content and all that stuff, and you know you get to months like February. What comes to mind when you think February? Love. I mean, it's Valentine's Day. Exactly right. And so there, the temptation is. Um, man, I don't want to do Valentine's Day, because everyone's doing Valentine's Day. But mm. at the same time, it's also like everyone's doing Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. It stands to reason that we should we should uh, talk about love and, and God's view of it. So, so kind of following the natural flow of um, the calendar is a really big deal for us. So back to the original question, how do you formulate what to talk about? Those, those would be primarily the main filters. Mm. What are they feeling? What do they need to know? And then what are they going through in terms of the calendar, the school year, where they're at? Um, so that that's a good place to start.
0: Yeah, that's great. So you're a planner just kind of by nature.
2: You're a, I do like to have a plan.
0: You're a very organized individual. You're not really a fly by the seat of your pants kind of guy. Nope. Um, what does that even mean? It is a very, there's a lot of sayings we have that super just weird. are super weird. My pants don't have wings, guys. <laughs> um, so like right now, it, at the time of this recording, it's almost December 2016, mm-hmm. I think. Um, how far planned out are you right now?
2: Um, thematically, we, we are just about all the way through 2017.
0: And when you say thematically, like topically?
2: Yes. Okay. Now, week to week, you know, like the weeks of each of those series, we don't have those mapped out mm-hmm. just yet. Uh, I'm hoping to, by the end of December, have more concrete, um, probably for the first quarter for sure. Wow. Of, of 2017.
0: Wow. Wow. Um, okay, so so you land on the series, yep. and, and one thing, if you're listening out there and wondering like, Sam hasn't said anything about prayer or God in this yet, we'll get to that, hang on just a little bit. Um, okay, so you, you've got the year mapped out, right? Um, and so now when you actually go to, let's just say it's the end of 2016, you've got the first quarter mapped out, and it's time to actually start preparing your messages for January. Yeah. Where do you start? Like, what, what is your first step? What are the questions you ask yourself? Um, where do you go from there? How do you start writing?
2: Okay, so let's just let's assume that we have the subject matter already. Yeah. Okay, um, I learned a um, kind of a, a tool to leverage and, and use from a book I read years and years ago called The Creative Habit by Twyla Tharp. Mm. She's a um, she's a choreographer uh has produced loads and loads of musicals uh, over the years. Um anyway, she
0: Actually, I want to jump in on that just real quick. This was not a part of our <coughs> original conversation. Why would you as a communicator and as a pastor read a book by a choreographer?
2: Man, I I just I subscribe to the to the school of thought that you can learn from anything and anyone. Yeah. Um and you know, I think in an effort to kind of expand the way I approach my craft, I need to look beyond just other pastors. Mm. Um, not that I discount them all together and sure. throw them out the window. It's 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 kind of a... Um, I would consider it maybe a healthy diet. So if, mm. if you want to use like a food analogy, if all I eat is, you know, I don't know, candy, well that's it's sweet, but yeah. it's not the best, yeah. right? So I have to have a, 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 a balanced diet. Yeah. And so I, I look for, for inspiration and ideas from, I mean, anyone, anything, mm. I, I can learn from anyone. So, yeah, I came across this book <clears throat> years ago. She talks about uh, her process of how in the world do you come up with ideas for choreography and for musicals and all that stuff. She introduced this, this concept that I had never heard at the time uh, called scratching, and what she means by that, she's literally just, she's scratching at everything to, to kick up some dust, so to speak, to find inspiration. It could be from um, books that she has read. It could be from, you know, YouTube videos. It could be from uh, conversations that she's had with people. It could be from articles and newspapers. Just on the hunt, basically, for anything, everything that has to do with, with what she's wanting to accomplish. And so I, I instituted that sort of part of my process whenever I, I go to write. Um, now, this might sound, I don't know, I don't want it to sound crazy or heretical, but so instead of just going to what does the Bible say, I want to know what a lot of people are saying mm. about this particular subject. Now, of course, I believe that the Bible is the only truth there is yeah. uh, on on you know issues of God and doctrine and all that stuff and truth, but, um, man, you, you have to kind of also scratch and dig for what, what does culture say about this thing? Right. What, what do students believe about this, you know, for my context? Um, what, what, do, what do psychologists say about this particular issue that you're attempting to shed some light on or bring, bring God's word and truth to? So just that that process is where I start. I just start digging. I go back through old messages, I go back through all of my old notebooks even, and just, I'm just, I'm looking for something, anything, mm-hmm. uh, and I just, I kind of uh, brain dump it onto um, a, a notebook or a, a pages doc or something.
0: That's fascinating. I love what you're saying right there that, of course, the Bible is ultimate truth, but, <coughs> and, and I'm not gonna dive too far into this, you can go check out Kerry Newhoff's stuff to learn more about this, but he talks about how America is becoming more and more post-Christian society. Right. Um, and where I'm about to head off to in Boston, it already is a post-Christian society, and it's basically when a post-Christian society. I heard Craig Rochelle explain it like this, that a post-Christian society is one that has heard the gospel and chooses to not accept it. Yep. And But, but especially when it comes to young people, they're hearing what culture has to say, and I heard Craig say that he believes in finding out what's going on in culture and processing that and interpreting it so that then we can show the truth right. of God's word through that. And so I love I love your approach to this, that it is of course, and we're gonna get to the scriptural aspect of sure. this, but I love that scratching mindset of just going out there and finding what whatever's out there. Right. What what is there? And 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 this is one thing I really respect about you when it comes to your messages, you don't just always regurgitate what you've always taught on a topic, because being in ministry now for over 15 years and speaking for over 15 years, I'm sure there's times where it'd be super easy to just pull a message you've done before and do this one again.
2: That's right. And here's here's another interesting <laughs> uh, thing that that I have learned, having been in ministry as long as I have, um, because the Bible says so, doesn't work anymore. Mm. Not as not as much. I think. The younger you go, that that works. Sure. But uh, as they enter into middle school and, of course, high school, <clears throat> man, they they've got questions and they're processing doubts like never before, and social media has a lot to do with it. They have access to more information than ever before, and so they are they are getting all types of advice and counsel and information um, that 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 wasn't happening just about ten years ago. Mm. And um, I recently went back through a couple of my messages from when I first started, and I know for a fact that it would not work as effectively now as it did then. Wow. And it's because uh, the culture reinvents itself so frequently. Uh, When I was in college, I actually studied student ministry, which I didn't know at the time you could even get a a degree in youth ministry, but you could, and I did. Um, But one of my professors said, uh, youth culture reinvents itself every six months. Wow! Now that was, uh, I mean, gosh, that was a long. It was like ten years ago, 15, 10 to fifteen years ago, and that was before. I mean, cell phones had just come out. Like that was before the internet was on everyone's fingertips. You know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. right there. Um, and so now, I would imagine that that the culture reinvents itself even faster, just because of the sure. accelerated pace of technology and and what you have access to.
0: No doubt, man. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, okay, so you the first step for you is the scratching. Mm-hmm. You're just going to see what you can find on the topic. What what comes next?
2: Um, so, and, and uh, you know, perhaps I should have clarified this at the uh, at the onset. Of course, God is involved in the entire process. Yeah. Um, of course, I'm. I, I am constantly asking the question, God, what would you, what would you have me to say to your students? You're the best youth pastor there, yeah. that there ever was or ever will be. What do, what do they need to say, and and what should be said of everything that could be said, what should be said? And mm. I think that's a huge distinction because you can get up there and like say way too much, and and therefore, by default, not say anything. Mm. Um, so trying to whittle it down is the next step, and that, that is a very hard process because, as I mentioned, there's a lot of things when you're kind of sifting through, like, man, that's really good. Oh, man, that's really good. Oh, I could say that. And then you kind of end up on all these tangents, and by the end of it, it's just kind of a jumbled mess. And I'm so guilty of, of doing that and having those types of messages where you walk away just like, man, I have no idea what I just said. And if I don't have an idea what was just said, I can assure you that they didn't know. So it's, it's whittling it down to what's the most important. It's kind of an important versus most important uh, approach. Given the prayer that you've put into it, what you feel uh, impressed or led by the Holy Spirit to speak on, uh, of all that you've scratched and gathered in terms of data um, versus, you know, support, Scripture, all that stuff, what's the most important thing to say for this message? And that, therein lies kind of the beauty of the series, right, because you, you can actually prolong... Um, the content, mm. and not try to squeeze everything into one message, um, but squeeze the most important thing into that one message. So whittling is the next step.
0: So with that, do you do you subscribe to the like the one phrase,
2: the bottom line yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, the kind of walkaway I, point. I do, and um, for me personally, it's it's literally for clarity's sake. Mm. Um, for you or for them? Both. I mean, honestly, it, it really is for for me as well as the communicator, um, as well as our students, the, the audience listening. I, I think if if you're not clear, then it doesn't matter how good what you say is, it won't get caught. Um, so whittling it down to a single phrase or or a sentence or two that can kind of surmise the whole thing, I think is huge. Um, and and that is tough. That is hard work, man, and you know this. Of course, you've spoken before as well. But um, to get it to that point is a grind. Um, a lot of conversation with with team members. A lot of conversation with uh, with yourself. A lot of conversation with God. Talking it out. That's part of my process too. Like I'll just kind of keep reading out loud over and over what I have up until the point that I've gotten the content, um, in hopes that that I will get even more clarity on what I'm what I'm trying to say. Um, So that's part of the process for me. But yeah, whittling it down to a bottom line or or a a singular phrase is ideal.
0: Gotcha. So then, okay, so you scratch, then you whittle it, then what
2: comes next? Uh, When I I scratch and start whittling it, this process kind of goes on for the duration. It's not like... Step one, you, you scratch. There will be times where I will be like almost done with it, and I will come across something else that kind of takes the content a different direction. So I've got to kind of go back and make make tweaks. Mm. Um, so some of these are kind of ongoing. Um, then after you know after the major portion of scratching and, and kind of whittling, it's time to really put pen to paper, as mm. it were, and I just start writing down um, the the content on. on a a, I don't either a notebook or in pages or whatever Um, as far as like the format or the structure of my my messages I really you know there's a lot of lot of different ways you can go about it there's of course Andy Stanley's me we God you we which is uh, fantastic it's a great great format I recommend that for, I mean, just about anyone that's communicating, if you kind of follow or stay within those con- you know, confines, I think that's really uh, a really solid way to do it. Um, sometimes I, I do a, an abbreviated version. I'll do what I call like the common ground um, and then the problem and then the solution and then practically speaking, how do we do that? So I'll just let's
0: go through those again real quick. Your your method. You've got those four steps there for when you write. What what are those again?
2: So the common ground. This is this is basically the principle of identification. Like I have, you know, this would be the combination of Andy Stanley's uh, me and we. Mm-hmm. So this is something I've noticed. Hey, I'm sure you've experienced this too because we're all human beings and we all are part of the human condition. So it's the common ground. Um, then. Based on that common ground, I, I try to expose or bring up a problem or a tension um, that, that we, we have in common. Um, from there uh, I talk about the solution, that's where I introduce the, uh, a Bible story or a, a key chunk of text, um, and then from there I go into uh, practical application. So that's all great, Sam, now what? How do I mm. how do I use what what you just said tomorrow at school? Um, so that's kind of a, a general flow for me. Now, sometimes it it you know it's a little bit different. Sometimes I'll I'll start with the problem and introduce the common ground. Um, but by and large, man, it's 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 pretty much that that format for me.
0: How long did it take you to find that format for you for yourself?
2: Um, the common ground I, I found pretty quickly because I tried just starting, um, uh, with, with other parts and I, I just, I felt like, and I know you shouldn't gauge everything by your feelings, but I just felt like, man, there's not a strong connection. I I needed to, especially in dealing with, um, with teenagers, man, you got to get them real quick. You (laughs) know what I mean? You got to get them right off the, the get go. So I always try to start with something personal or something that, that I know is common, to where they're at, mm-hmm. um, just to just to kind of get you know the if you're asking me like, what is the effect I'm looking for? I'm looking for the oh me too kind of an effect. Mm. Uh, that's what the common ground is all about. Like oh yeah I deal with that too, um, just so I can get them to lean in a little bit, and yeah. and then then I can say well here's the problem with that or here's you know have you ever noticed this happens when you you deal with this. Yeah. Um,
0: so it's essentially just building rapport.
2: Exactly it's right. A, it's yeah,
0: an, It's getting the buy-in. Um, I, I like to liken everything to business and, and sales in particular. And that, I mean, rapport is the first, any salesman knows we're building rapport is the first step in the sales process because the number one reason someone will buy from you is because they trust you Right. and trust comes through rapport. And so, to me, it's no different. I mean, when you're up on stage, you're selling God every week. And I know that this flies in the face of what a lot of people believe, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, if someone likes you, I mean, it, it comes best through relationship.
2: Well, Paul says, win people to me, so I can win the Christ. Exactly, yep. exactly.
0: That's, that's awesome. How, so you said you found the common ground fairly quickly. How, um, how many iterations of message prep did you go through... If you can even remember before you landed on this is like this is your jam. This is where you hit your stride the best.
2: Um, man, it is. It's too hard to count. And and I think that there are still as as part of a, an act of discipline. I think you should always be kind of fine tuning and tweaking yeah. and and gleaning from other um, experts in your field. So I, I'm not saying that where I've landed is the end all be all. I, I am always looking for alternatives and ways of trying things. I, I'm the same way with, um, and, and you know this about me, but I'm the same way with productivity. Mm. Like I'm always looking for a, a different, you know, I was using an app called Things, now I'm using Wonderlist. I heard that from you. Um, and so I, I switch it up just to, to try it to see if it will help me to be more effective um, at what I'm trying to do. So, so yeah, I, I've done a lot of different iterations over the years. Uh, the one I'm currently in um, is working for for where I'm currently at mm. it may not be the case next year because um, I'm always like I said earlier on I'm always wanting to learn best practices um and uh and and I'd say that's that's what you have to do you have to find what works best for for you in your context with with whom you're speaking to um, and so that I think is part of a bigger conversation just being authentic being you I, I, I can't preach, like Judah Smith or mm. Stephen Furtick, and I don't even... Like, just be yourself. Yeah. And, and you know, not to say that you don't work on becoming a better communicator and, and um, you know, not imitating but emulating mm. uh, what other people do um, and, and getting inspiration from them, but don't try to be a bizarro version of Judah Smith or uh, Pastor George or whoever. Like, just be who God made you to be. Uh, because authenticity trumps any of that other stuff.
0: Yeah. So for a young communicator out there listening, even a more seasoned one, because like right now you mentioned Stephen Furtick, and there's so many people that say he is he's setting the tone for how communicating should be done with this generation. Right. He's a really fiery communicator. Yeah. He yells in every message, and I love Stephen Furtick. He's got amazing content. He is an incredible communicator, but like you said, you're not Stephen Furtick. Right. I'm not Stephen Furtick. That's not my style of teaching either. And so, with that, as an as an early communicator, as a young communicator just starting out, um, did you find yourself kind of imitating and emulating other communicators to help you figure out who you were? Like, because at least for me, I know from from for me, it took me a long time to really realize who I was as a communicator, and really, I mean, man, just kind of my role in life. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it took some kind of imitating and emulating other people and, and realizing, like, oh, no, that's not me. I can't do that. Let me try the next thing. And then, like, it was through that process
2: of trial and error that I discovered my style and who I am. Absolutely. A- and I did the same thing. I would view it like training wheels, though. Mm. At some point, you got to take the training wheels off and, and ride your own bike. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And, I, I man, I think that there's a danger. Man, and this this may sound counterintuitive, there's a danger in trying to to, you know, deliver a message just like someone else did. Now, I think in the beginning when you're starting, you're just trying to figure this out. You're looking for patterns, and how did, how did he get from this point to that point? I think all that is great, and I still do that to a, a large extent. I still study communication uh, from great communicators. Mm. But I have to be very careful that I'm not trying to be Andy Stanley mm. or that I'm not trying to be Craig Rochelle because I'm not them. Yeah. And anything but who I am is a farce. It's a it's a counterfeit, and people see through it. They just do. Yeah. And so if I were to get up and just start preaching down fire like like mm. Pastor Stephen Furtick, only he can do, man. Real quickly, people will be like, "This is off. It feels weird." Right. Um, and so. Man, God created each of us in such a unique way. Mm-hmm. It would be personally I believe it'd be a slap in the face of God to try to be anything other than who he's created me to be. Yeah. Now, all that to say, again, I'm not saying don't get inspired by other communicators right. because I absolutely think you can. I'm just saying don't confuse inspiration with emulation. I, I think I think there's a big difference there. Um Get inspired, yes, but don't try to be those people.
0: Man, that's good. So for you, let's go back here. You start with scratching, then you whittle it down, and this is kind of an ongoing process up mm-hmm. until you actually go preach. Right. And Sam, I mean, I'd, I mean this in no way to blow smoke up your rear. Pros. You are, <laughs> you are one of the best communicators I've ever known personally, and. You just have an incredible talent for communicating. You're great at at building rapport. You're a really funny guy, um, and that goes a long way in communicating and and getting people on your side. Humor is one of the number one ways to build rapport and get people over to your side, and uh, you just do a phenomenal job of just communicating in general. Um, and I know this is a gift that you've developed, but I also know it is a gift that God placed inside of you. So where I'm going with this is how do you, how do you, and this is where we're kind of bringing the God aspect in. And I, I specifically left this as a separate part of the conversation because I believe when it comes to message prep, and for those of you out there listening, they're a little bit offended that we haven't talked much about God in this process. I, I rely on the quote that St. Augustine said, we are to work as though everything depends on us, but we are to pray as though everything depends on God. Yeah. And so it's mutual, both of us giving our best. Yeah. It's not about us just praying, because there are people that do this. They pray, and it becomes an excuse for laziness, hmm. and then it's the Holy Spirit, quote-unquote, leading them wherever it is that they're going to go. And that may work for some people. I'm not trying to dog that if that's how you do your thing. But at the same time, I mean, the Bible has a lot to say about work and putting the work in. So with this now, what what I wanted to talk about was how do you, as someone who is a very gifted communicator, how do you balance, or how do you make sure—balance is the wrong word—how do you make sure to keep God at the forefront to where it never becomes just putting together an incredible message? Because this could be a very... uh, this is kind of the tightrope that we walk as communicators, because if it ever reaches that point where it's about us putting on a show, us getting up there and putting on a comedy routine, us getting up there and just delivering the best message possible, and I think that's important, I don't want to discount that, but how do you make sure that you leave room for God? And not leave room for God, but make it, that's even the wrong way to phrase it, how do you make sure it's all about God and not about us?
2: Yeah, Uh, really great, really great question. You know, I think honestly I think that that um, gosh for me a lot of it stems from my my personal walk with Jesus I, you know I learned this um, early on that message prep is not a replacement for um, relationship development um, and so I think having having that that built-in, like we, we refer to it as chair time around here, having your chair time on a regular basis is, is always um, the starting point, because if you include God in every part of your life, then that also includes message prep. So starting there, uh, and then, man, I have made it a, a prayer of mine to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, um, you know, and, and giving God permission to kind of nudge you when he needs to to say, hey, don't forget, like, don't forget about me. I think also, practically speaking, setting up a routine where, man, before I put pen to paper, before I sit down at my computer, I will spend time praying and talking to God about what I'm about to talk about. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I think I think there's some really practical things, but then there's also some spiritual application things as well. So so for me, um, you know, chair time ha- like. Quality time with Jesus has to be first in can my life.
0: Give us a snapshot, if you don't mind. I know this is, is a, this is an intimate thing to open the door and allow sure. people in. On what do, what does your chair time look like? How do you do it? When do you do it? What's it look like? Like, just walk us through it real quick.
2: Um, okay, so a couple of years ago, I started a new kind of a new routine. Uh, I, I really felt like God was impressing upon me to like it's time to get serious. <laughs> I know that's crazy. I've been in ministry for a long time. I've been a Christian as long as I can remember. But I just felt like, man, it is time for for really, really intentional spiritual growth in my life, and so uh, I've got two young kids, and um, and at the time, you know, a couple years back, they were getting up like like freaking early. I'm <laughs> talking like make me want to spank their butts, go back to bed <laughs> early. And so I I found the only time to get good quality time with God in was in the morning, but because they were getting up really early, I needed to back it up even further. So I started getting up at about four in the morning and uh, Wow. Yeah, it it was, you know, if for no other reason it was certainly an act of discipline, you know, I think it's in Romans it talks about uh, beating your body into submission. Yeah. Um and and that was that was part of the goal for me was I am not gonna let um, sleep Or, um, you know, any anything else keep me from this spiritual discipline anymore? Like I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to make excuses. Now I I don't subscribe this to or prescribe this to anyone. Like this, this is between you and God. So you got to determine what's best for you. But for for me and my walk, um, it started. It starts at 4 a.m. So I um, (laughs) I use an app called Routine which is uh, actually I heard from a, a youth pastor friend of mine, uh, Pastor Brad Strarup. Uh he, he turned me on to this app, and uh, it's fantastic. And it, it basically allows you to set a time limit on, on different activities in your routine. So for me, um, I, I get up, I use the restroom. I'm not going to get any more graphic <laughs> than that. Uh, then I, I get some water. I drink a lot of water in the morning. Um, and then uh, I get a cup of coffee, and then I spend about an hour uh, reading and studying God's Word, um, and and that that uh, that changes sometimes. So sometimes I'll go through um, a book of the Bible. Sometimes I'll, I'll just stay on one chapter. Sometimes I'll go through um, like you know Pastor Tim Keller's book, uh, Jesus the King or King's Cross, whatever I can't remember what title it actually is now. Both. Um, but I'll, I'll go through uh, I'll go through that and correspond uh, the the Scripture with it. Um, so I'll do that for about an hour, then I will. Um, then I'll have about thirty minutes to just learn. So I'll read, I don't know, a book on leadership or um, management or whatever, and then or or I'll I'll search podcasts or blogs, all that good stuff. Then after that, I've got uh, about ten minutes slated for prayer. So. I'll pray, then after that, it's dad duty. I make the lunches, and then uh, I get going for my day.
0: Wow. That's awesome, man. And just out of curiosity, I mean, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek Him first, and the rest will be added to you. Yeah. We've been talking about communicating, now we've shifted gears to your kind of your personal walk with Jesus. Not that it's done for this, but how big of an impact has putting Jesus first had on your communicating abilities or prowess, or however you would put it? Sure.
2: Man, I would say just beyond that it's it's affected every part of my life my yeah. relationships uh, the role i have here at work um the message prep all, all of it um so yeah it, it's i mean it is the foundation uh through which everything is built upon yeah. so you know it's so ironic you hear it taught all the time you've you know I've taught it before. Put Jesus first, put Jesus first, put Jesus first. But when you actually start to do it, yep. it really does make uh, a huge impact. And and sometimes it's it's blatantly obvious, sometimes it's just the the intangibles. Yeah. Um and that's not to say that it it you know makes life easier per se, because life is life. You know right. what I mean? Sometimes it's hard. Um well Jesus never promised an easy life if no, we didn't. followed
0: him. That's nowhere in the
2: Bible. Right. So but it does. It does make uh, life more rewarding and more rich to to pursue him in, in that way. So um, that's that's part of my process. I, I have to start with that. If I mm. don't, I just I feel empty, I, and, and I don't mean I don't mean like in a um, a shallow way. I just mean like I, I've lost my way almost, mm. kind of a situation. So to have that really keeps me centered. Yeah. Um, and to have that. It, it also helps to keep Jesus at the forefront of my life and of my thinking, even when I'm sitting down to write a message. Um, so back to the original question, how do I keep Jesus uh, central to my message prep? Well, I keep him central to my life. Man, that's good. Um, and and man, I, I'm not going to paint the picture like I've got it all figured out, and I certainly am not going to paint the picture like there aren't days where I, I skip my alarm, because there are, but I don't I don't live in condemnation over that. Uh I I just, you know, I give myself a pep talk and I get up the next day. Uh or I make it up later in the day. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of my my rhythm.
0: That's awesome, man. And I appreciate your vulnerability on that because as a pastor, it can be easy to kind of put the best foot forward and make it civil bless God and we've got it all together. Yeah. But more and more I hear that, that we work in ministry, we work for God, but we don't have like a super close, tight-knit relationship with Him. All of our prep yep. isn't for ourselves, it's for the people around us. And you see pastors fall, and you see different things happen, and we've seen this happen recently even, and, and I, I'm by no means judging these guys sure. at all. But I've even heard some of them say that their their focus was no longer on Jesus. Yeah. And it was all about giving rather than what's... They lost their first love, essentially, is yep. what we'd say in the church world.
2: Yep. And I think also, I think uh, this this work in versus work on, mm. uh, was it from the E-Myth or something yep. like that? So, so I think it's uh, an issue of we're working in the church so much that we don't work on our own relationship with Jesus. Wow. Um, and man, I am so guilty of that. Jared uh, it's it's actually embarrassing to think about the times where I was just I was running on empty spiritually but but getting up every weekend and preaching to teenagers mm-hmm. to be recharged spiritually like so hypocritical and I've I've had to repent of that and and change some things change my approach but man it's a, it's you know when when Jesus says daily take up your cross like that is the key it is a daily effort to remind yourself that Dude, without Jesus, I, I am nothing and I can do nothing. Mm-hmm. And so that that is how I keep Jesus in the process. I did, Today, this morning, I was like, Jesus, apart from you, man, I can't do it. I can't do what you've called me to do without you. And I don't even want to try um, because I know that I'll fall mm-hmm. short. Um, so that, that has helped me to kind of uh, keep centered. And uh, when I sit down to write or prep for a, a message... Um just constantly reminding myself and and honestly, man, I would not um, hesitate to set a reminder on your iCal even like if that's if you've got a blocked off time uh to to write and I, I've done stuff like this before where I will set a reminder just before that happens hey pray to Jesus or or, or talk to Jesus or pray first or whatever if that's what it takes to kind of get the habit forming do it it would totally be worth it
0: That's awesome man. I uh, want to get through a couple questions here. We're, we're running low on time, though, so we're going to have to move pretty quick. You got it. Uh, so with one thing I love, and we haven't really talked about once you hit the stage, um, and we're not going to actually, except for this one one aspect. Okay. I love one thing that you've done in prep here because we talked just a moment ago about whittling it down to the one or two phrases to to make it sticky so that they leave with it. But something else, you guys have taken a step to kind of transform the culture here at 180 with the students in particular, mm-hmm. and if I'm not mistaken, every week you get up and talk about this before the message is actually taught, mm-hmm. and it's a phrase you guys say, which is, note-takers are history makers. That's right.
2: Why? Um, well, you know, it, it's uh, a little bit embarrassing, honestly, to, to think that I, I didn't have this thought or this idea earlier or sooner in ministry, but... But man, when you set a bar or an expectation for a teenager, they will step up to it, and it's pretty remarkable. Um, and so, this phrase, what it represents for us, um, is this: the way we kind of cast vision for or, or pitch it, is that nothing um, of any significance or great value, especially uh, for for the glory of God, has been done without um, leaning in and learning. Mm. And so. So no one has, has done anything great, um, especially anything great for God, without being an avid learner. Leaders are learners, right? So so the, the, that is born out of that principle. And so we challenge and encourage our, our students to take notes um, and to lean in and uh, to, to take notes because note-takers are history makers. And so that's kind of where that idea comes came from now the phrase itself I actually got from uh, pastor Jason Laird down at uh, Gateway students man they're doing a phenomenal work down there um, and uh, and I, I heard that phrase and I mean I chewed on it for a while and then I, I man I realized that is it, it is true it 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 rhymes which is awesome mm-hmm. but it is true no one that that has done anything significant I mean think about it and I'm not saying that that great people, all great people take notes, that's not the point. The point is learning, Mm -hmm. and it's a posture thing, it's not a, you know, um, get out a pen and paper kind of a thing, although that's a a part of it, but it's a posture of the heart that I'm going to lean in, and I'm going to be expectant to hear from God um, through whoever's communicating. And so no one has done, uh, you know, anything great for God without being a learner. That's the heart of the the phrase. Mm. So... That's that's what we've uh, we've started doing, and man, we've got we've got sixth graders, man, taking notes in church, and it still to this day is blowing my mind. So that's incredible. Um, but yeah, we want to we want to build that into our culture that um, leaders are learners, and and the pursuit of godliness it's it is a learned trait. Yeah. Um, so anyway.
0: And you guys, I, I love it that your staff. You don't just talk about this; your staff models
2: it. Yes. Well, man, if 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 we don't model it, they won't follow it. Mm. And that's what we say all the time. If we if we're not going first, they're not gonna they're not gonna go. And so, and that's not just with note taking. I mean, that's in how we worship. That's in um, the culture we set. That's in the mood, the atmosphere that we we set, the tempo, the pace. If if we're not modeling what we want, they're not gonna follow what we want. Mm. So. It starts with us and um and so that's that's one thing, yeah, that we we uh we talk about all the time, setting the setting the tone, setting the pace.
0: Man, yeah, that's really good, Sam. As we as we close here, uh you've mentioned a few different books uh when it comes to communicating. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any books, blogs, podcasts that you recommend when it comes to communicating?
2: Uh yeah. Uh communicating for a change by Andy Stanley is always a good one. Um, let's see. You would ask this question, you dirty sucker. Let's see, um, looking back at my, my books here.
0: What's have you it? read uh, Tim
2: Keller's Preaching? Uh, I have not. I've started it. I haven't finished, like so many other books. <laughs> <laughs> I, wanna, I will finish it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Sure. Um, man, the one that has probably made one of the most profound uh, impacts on me is Andy Stanley's Communicating for a Change. I have read um, Dale Carnegie's Effective Speaking, mm. which is uh, a good read. It's old school, yeah. but nothing wrong with that. He's got some good stuff in there. Kerry um, Newhoff has uh, several podcasts devoting, devoted to communicating, and you know, it's fantastic as well.
0: Sam, I, I sure appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. If anybody has any more questions for you or wants to get in touch with you, yeah. what's the best
2: way to go about that? Uh, sam at 180.com. That's my email address. That's O-N-E-I-G-H-T-Y, 180. And just S-A-M. Yes. Yeah, there's no silent H or anything in there.
0: <laughs> so Sam at 180.com. People can email you. Sam, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to pour into us today. I know I got a ton out of it. I hope you guys did too. Uh, once again, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Sam Woods.
2: Thank you guys very much.
1: Hopefully this was helpful. Hey everybody, thanks so much for listening to the Leader Sheep podcast today. If you would like to get in touch with us, maybe you would like to ask us a question or comment on uh, if you like this podcast or not, uh, you can find us online and that's at creative underscore sheep. We'd love to talk to you. Or, uh, or you can email Jared like a, a, a cat video. He loves, that's probably his favorite thing about the internet is cat video. So email Jared at jared at creativesheep.org
0: roman you know me too well you know you could also hit us up if you've got a suggestion on someone you'd like to hear on the leadership podcast oh yeah we'd we'd love to hear from you uh let us know uh we're we're constantly uh feverishly looking for for folks to come join the show that are going to bring value to you so if there's someone that you would like to hear on the show let us know we'd love to reach out to them and see if we can get them on just for you so hit us up and uh we appreciate you guys listening until next week From myself, Roman, and the rest of the Creative Sheep crew, we'll see you next time.